Welcome to Shattered, the podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss mental illness. It's by a sufferer, for sufferers, and for the people that are looking to understand what it's like to live with mental illness. G'day and welcome to Shattered, the podcast. I do hope that you're having a good week. I'm Mark, and today I wanted to share my story about how I found it extremely difficult to get any information about the day-to-day of what it was going to look like living with a mental illness. For me, my illness came on fairly suddenly. There were two events in my life which brought it on. The one that was the straw that broke the camel's back was a knife attack in the workplace. As I said, there had been a lot of traumatic incidents. I worked in a very, very violent field where where I used to just work with people that were very, very violent. And being a man and being fairly strong meant that I was always kind of tapped on the shoulder to look after those violent people and got very, very used to... Uh, casual violence in the workplace punches kicks bites you name it we used to have it so my PTSD is now termed uh, C PTSD complex PTSD again we've discussed this before uh, but it just means that my PTSD didn't come from one specific incident it came from many many incidents so in many respects my illness came on suddenly But even before I was injured, I just started to show some of the symptoms of mental illness. I was starting to show that my mind was not up to the job that I was asking it to do. So I ended up getting hurt terribly badly and could not go back to to the field that I was in beforehand. I asked my doctors when I could go back to work and... Quite literally, they just shook their heads and said, no, you're never going to be able to go back to that. And even to this day, if I am in a shopping center and I hear or see a person with an intellectual disability and they are loud or noisy or are very big, I get extremely nervous. I start to panic and it can be a really traumatic experience even if they don't interact with me in any way shape or form so I got myself hurt and I just started looking for information and everything out there was like textbooks and more academic in nature well you wouldn't hear stories you'd hear facts you'd You wouldn't necessarily hear people saying, well, this has been my experience. This is what I've gone through. And it really came to a head for me when I was working in radio. I was a full-time drive-time DJ and loved it. It was the best job I ever had. But coming up with content on a show like that is not easy. For a little while it is, but when you go for a number of years, and my show went for five years, it's it's actually still running on the station. People have taken it over and have rolled with it. But when it came to sharing on radio, I found that I was best when I was honest. When I was honest about who I was and honest about what my situation was. Well, I was actively trying not to be egotistical in my work. 
having a mental illness was really good for keeping me grounded. I never got a big head or thought that I was better than anybody else because I absolutely believed that I wasn't. And when people would say great things about me, it really surprised me. People say, I enjoyed the show. It's like, really? (laughs) Okay. Um, And it did. It became a very, very popular show. Um, When the show, when I left the show, uh, we know that the station took a big hit. People were tuning in to hear this lively afternoon show and all of a sudden it stopped. So I knew that I was having an impact there. But something happened one day. I had a guest on and she was talking about a suicide attempt and how she'd come out the other side and she'd written a book and and part of my job was to tell stories of people like that, to get them in, to let people know that there were people out there talking about this stuff. And it was everything. I, I had academics in talking about Middle East politics I had ministers coming in talking about religion. I had activists coming in talking about their activism. You name it. If they were a person with a a purpose or something that they wanted to say, I wanted to talk to them. Well, when this woman was on the air and we were talking about suicide, I, I mentioned something. And to this day, I don't know exactly what I said. I never went back and listened to it. Now I wish that I had it because I'd love to know what I said. Because I was at an event about a week after that at an OB, an outside broadcast. And a woman came up to me and said, Mark, what she said the other day about how you live with mental illness really touched me and I'm so grateful that you said that well not knowing exactly what I'd said I just kind of played it off I was oh thanks mate I'm so glad that I was able to make a difference for you I really appreciate it and that would happen a few more times people would just mention this one instance where I said something about kind of living with a mental illness and that's when I realized that the problem that I had when I was first hurt, trying to find stories of people talking about what it's like to live with mental illness, were almost impossible to find. There were stories of carers and there were stories of, you know, people that had overcome the odds and, you know, became Olympic gold medal race car drivers and you know, played the crickets and the footballs and, you know, woohoo. But there was no story out there that was just some guy. And that was what was missing for me. I didn't know what it was like to have a panic attack. I knew what a panic attack was. I'd had a bunch of them, but I'd never had anybody describe to me in a real way what one felt like. Fast forward a number of years. On radio, I just started talking about mental illness a bit more, made sure I had more guests on, talked about my own journey, talked about my own story, and it started very, very small. It was just a mention here or there. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, a panic attack. (laughs) I've had one of them. They're not fun, are they? No, no, they're not fun at all. Um, somebody would mention suicide. It's like, well, you know, having survived my own suicide attempt, I know what you're talking about. So snippets of my story would come out 
uh, over the weeks and months and years that I was on the air. And it came to a point when I started doing my own themed shows outside of my broadcast where I would talk about mental illness openly and honestly. We used to have a show called The Elephant in the Room where we just talked about stuff that people didn't talk about in public. And mental illness was one of our biggest, most huge audiences for any show that we ever had because people were just desperate to hear a story of somebody that had lived with mental illness and wasn't trying to fill people's heads with platitudes. This whole thing of, you know, um, you can make it, you, you just hang on in there, you have the power within yourself. I hate those platitudes. I, I hate those motivational quotes that people come out with and and while we're on the subject and this is just an as an aside i cannot stand when people post an inspirational quote from say somebody like robin williams talking about mental illness when robin williams killed himself why would you listen to anything that that guy had to say about mental illness Uh, i don't understand and i'm not saying that 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 it's bad that people do well i'm I guess I am kind of saying it's bad. Why would I take the advice of somebody who didn't make it? I would rather listen to Joe Bloggs round the corner who's 70 years old and has lived with PTSD from Vietnam for the last 50 years and he's still hanging in there. That is a guy that I want to listen to. I don't want to hear an inspirational quote from a dude that took his own life. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. So inspirational quotes for me just don't do it. Uh, they, uh, they're so disingenuous because the reality of living with mental illness is that it is a daily decision to move forward. It is a daily choice to step out of your symptoms and try to live a normal life. An inspirational quote, if it's going to say something like, it takes courage to reach out for help, be courageous, I'm all down for that. I'm ready to go. Yep, that's a terrific quote. The bottom line today, that it is okay to tell your story, and it's a good thing to do that. You may know that I have recently published a book. You can buy it. It's called Shattered the Book, Living with Mental Illness. And I'm honestly not encouraging you to buy this book to make me money because I'm not going to get that much money out of this. I want this book to help people. If somebody told me that a million people would read it, but I'd have to give it away for free, I would do that. I just want this book to get out there to get into people's hands for people that need it and why did they need this book it's because I've written it as somebody who suffered and wanted the information when I was first injured first entering this mental illness journey from somebody that had lived it come out the other side and was willing to share the steps that it took 
shattered the book is written in such a way that you can look at a chapter individually. You don't have to read it from first chapter to end chapter. You can, but it's designed for you to go through and be able to see all the different subjects that I talk about, talking about suicide. Is suicide a selfish act? Is it a selfless act? Uh, there's a note for people contemplating taking their own lives. There's conversations about how hard it is to just talk about your illness. There's medication in there. There's all these different subjects that I hope people will buy this book, if not for them, for somebody that they love, somebody that needs to have this kind of information. And I've also written it with my wife in mind, who is a carer, and all the times that she came to me and just said, I don't understand. That's what Shattered the Book is written for. Now, of course, I want you to buy the book. I mean, it'd be great if you would. as terrific. But I want to encourage you to be inspired to tell your story. One thing that people going through mental illness frequently believe is that they have no purpose and they are useless. You are not useless. There are many, many people out there that need your courage, they need your empathy, and they need your wisdom. To just be able to say to somebody, I know what you're going through because I've been through it as well, is the greatest gift that you can give a person in their time of need. Even if you're a carer, if you're somebody that's lived next to somebody that's living with mental illness, you have the opportunity to speak into that world and say, hang on, there is hope because I've seen it and here's how I've seen it. Talking about this stuff starts with little stories. I don't expect people to write a book or start a podcast. Please don't. Don't compete with me. <laughs> But tell your stories. When you hear somebody talking about mental illness, get involved. Get involved, even if you are a carer, just to say, hey, my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband went through something like that. Here's the struggle that I had as a carer. I hope that my book inspires you to begin to tell your story. I will speak to you next week on Shattered the Podcast. Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information. Bound